welcome to Accelerating Instructional Technology. I'm your host, Derek Oldfield. Thanks for listening. I'm here with Kelly Church. Kelly is a PE teacher at Hedgesville High School. He's also the boys' basketball coach. I'll let him tell a little bit about uh, his history, maybe how long he's been there, but he's been there for a while. And I think uh, Coach Church has some tremendous insight into education. I'll say, uh, you know, he's a phys ed teacher. And I say this, uh, I, I don't want any any PE teachers writing me nasty emails, but uh, there's a stigma, I think, right now in that PE world because let's be honest, let's get let the elephant out of the bag a little bit. It's hard to do PE in a remote setting. My daughter's doing it at third grade, and and Mr. Allen down at Mountain Ridge is, is working his tail off trying to get kids to exercise and be active and show some evidence and, and turn things in and just have conversations about how active they're being and what kinds of things they're doing during this time. I think Coach Church has some interesting insights on even the emotional and health that comes with uh being a phys ed and health teacher. And I think he's tried to you know, maximize some of those opportunities during this time. But this is why I have him on today. And I hope that uh, any listeners you know, find some value in the conversation that we could have. Coach Church, tell us a little bit about the, uh, you know, your background, your history. Well, sure. First, uh, thank you very much for having me. And I certainly appreciate your kind words. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how much, you know, obviously I've got my, my own perspective on things and I'm happy to, to share that with people. I by by no means think that I'm the you know end all be all to to the education system and everything else. I just I have been doing this for a while. Uh, I'm I've been at Hedgesville for uh, this is my 23rd year, uh, and I've been um, in education. Uh, I was in college briefly, but then in high school for about 30 years now. So uh, I've been doing this for a while, and uh, you know in terms of the the you know what 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 you can do for kids right now in the in the PE world, uh, you know you can either be the most creative or the least creative in terms of you know the assignments you come up with and the things you put out there. I think at the the high school level, uh, you know what we've tried to do is you know we give the kids a a content assignment each week, which is you know whether it be you know watch a short video. Uh, you know we we had a, like one of the examples is we used a, a Lou Holtz video where he was you know, speaking at a graduation and he was talking about being a good person and doing the right thing. And, and then we asked him a few questions about that. Uh, you know, one of the big things we do is we, we have the kids do fitness logs. Uh, and then we try to talk to them about the different things they're doing in terms of their activity. Uh, and I think it's really, really important to understand, like right now, uh, kids' physical health and mental health, I, I, I think, are, are at the you know forefront of what our education system should should be about right now, uh, you know, it's it's tough sometimes to motivate kids to to try really really hard in you know in in a science class in in a biology class. I, certainly, same as you. I don't want to offend any biology teachers. I uh, you know my my one of my sons is an engineer, so I, I get the importance of all those things. So um, you know, but but it's hard to motivate them anyway. And and uh, you know, so when it comes to physical activity. Like we talk to them, uh, you know, when we have our teams meetings, we just try to encourage them in as many different ways as we can to be as active as possible. That activity might be taking your dog for a walk. It might be going for a bike ride. It might, you know, uh, any anything we can think of to encourage the kids. Because if you if you think I can get on the 
TV at age, you know, 53, and I'm going to do 25 push-ups, and they're going to do them along with me. I still try to exercise as much as possible, and that's what I talk to the kids about. I don't necessarily get on there and try to demonstrate for things for them, but um, again, even at age 53, like I try to make sure that I exercise for an hour a day, um, and and not so much for the physical part of it, uh, although that's important. But I, I think that uh, being physically active has a, a huge effect on your mental health. Um, you know, getting out of bed, trying to say to a set schedule as much as possible. I think those things are really, really important for kids right now. Yeah, I can't I, I can't agree with you more. Like I think of even just the public sector and the number of people who are who are able to work from home now. But but you think of the, the things that go uh, neglected in that setting, like like what you said, just getting out of your pajamas. Like that's a step forward in the, in your day. So I think of kids right now that that just you know they're not getting out of bed at that normal time. So even even if they're they're sleeping in, you know they don't they may not even change their clothes all day. Like it does. I think it just takes a toll on your mental health that you don't have that normal routine. I mean I certainly understand from the business world the advantages maybe of allowing staff to work from home and there's still a measure of productivity. And, you know, some businesses have even let go of their rentals and leases in terms of their office space. Now they realize they don't even need that office space, but uh, with all the advantages of working from home and working remotely, I think there's a lot of things that we're not talking about in terms of your mental and emotional health. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that's really interesting, you talk about like, you know, having a set routine and everything, um, uh, you know, the getting out of bed and doing your pajamas. One of the one of the videos we we played for the kids, you know, and as, as an assignment was the uh, there's a Navy SEAL officer and he's giving a commencement speech. And lots of people, I'm sure, have seen it. But I've seen that. Talk, one. Yeah. He talks yeah. about you know, no matter what, make your bed. And he said yeah. and he talks about like in Navy SEAL training. It's one of the things they have to do and they have to have a perfectly made bed. And, uh, you know, when I make mine, it's not necessarily perfect. I can promise you that. But I do. As soon as I my feet touch the floor, one of the things I do every day is I, I get out of bed and I make the bed. And and the reason I do it is is become one for watching that video. I mean, I used to do it most of the time, but during COVID, I do it every single day. Uh, one, I'm less likely to lay back down in the bed that's made. That's part of it. But but And that's not really one of his reasons. But no matter what, at the end of the workday, if you come back, you can say like, look, I, you know, I accomplished that. It's the first step in accomplishing something. You did something. Um, and, and I, I really do worry about kids following into the, the, the lethargic melancholy, you know, well, what do I have to do today? Uh, as opposed to, you know, what do I get to do today? Um, you know, and, and I think that the, the importance of the social part of school is, has been really, really lost, uh, not by everybody, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't care what kids are doing. Uh, on a computer screen, it's it's not the same as doing it in person, and, and most people know that. But but when you think about all the distractions and all the things that go on in kids' houses, uh, I know I had shared with you. I'll share a little bit, and you can jump in at any point and stop me. But so we were we had this is right before you know we kind of got shut down again with all this stuff before Thanksgiving. I was we had some some uh, we had study halls for our basketball kids. Back at that point, we were allowed to work with them. We were allowed to do conditioning or flex days. And 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 as opposed to having conditioning or flex days, we did three study halls in a row because so many kids were just struggling. And uh, it became an emotional thing for me as I looked out at the kids. And this is again, we thought we we're going to have a season at that point. At this point, we don't. You know, right now it's been pushed again. But as I looked out there and I looked at the kids, like it it. Uh, you know, it affected me in a personal way because I, I just thought like when I was a kid, there's like I, I, 
I didn't have the best of childhoods and, and some things were tough for me. And I, I'm a survivor. I think I would have survived. I, I don't know if I'd have survived academically. Uh, you know, my, my house was not conducive to, to education, to learning. Uh, it was actually the place I wanted to be the least and the place I wanted to be the most was the school building. And I wasn't a great high school student. I probably wasn't even very good compared to lots of the kids out there. I, but I got by. But I know no matter what, even if I was going to get fussed at, I wanted to go to school because school was filled with people who cared for me and loved me. And so it's why I became a coach and a teacher. And, and when you like all the different things that people are dealing with right now uh, in their houses, uh, to think that that kids are in an environment. Maybe, we all know as educators, man, sometimes it's it's. Uh, it's hard to get kids to focus in English class and math class on the normal anyway. Uh, can you imagine what it's like if if you're hungry, if your house is messy, if your dog's running around, if your parents aren't there, if you're taking care of other kids? One little interesting story is we, we there was a kid who was there, and I, to be quite honest, don't know if the kid would even, was even going to make the basketball team, but he was there and he was at study hall and we were helping him. And uh, we, we asked, you know, do, do you do your work at home? And he said, I, I really can't. Because during the day, I, I I watched my siblings. And I said, well, how many siblings do you have? He said, well, what, well I have two. I said, well, is anybody – he basically, he told me there, there's three other kids that come to his house. So he's got five little kids. The other three kids were the neighbor's kids. Parents have to go to work. Kids are at home. What was he supposed to do? So, you know, I, I think in, in light of all those things, to pretend that we're going to do this the same way that we've – We've, you know, that it's going to be like regular school. It's just, it's just crazy. It's not going to work that way. And so I think what we've done, and like, I can't imagine like my, my elementary, you know, teachers, my, it's just, they have to be so dynamic. They're sitting in front of a screen and trying to entertain, um, you know, and I just, how realistic is it? Are the kids really, really learning? So what, one of the things that jump back to what, what I've tried to do is as much as possible, uh, like I remind our kids, if you have any stress or anxiety over my team sports class, um, then then we need to have a conversation about that. Because the, the last thing in the world you need to be worrying about right now in terms of your grade is my class. Uh, so uh, any computer issue, there's a glitch, there's anything, my response is filled with nothing but kindness. Now, I'll be honest, like all teachers, sometimes I'll get one from a parent that's that's not the nicest. Why why did you do this wrong? Or you know, I make mistakes too. It's not like I'm a computer wizard um, by any stretch. Um, you know, so but but no matter what, I try to be as kind and nice as I can with the understanding that no matter what, you know, uh, computers mess up, you know, there's there's tech, technological issues all the time. And and so when kids are struggling with this, I think the best thing you can do is just say, it's okay. Think about the stress we have as adults. If if I all of a sudden, if we were having a meeting at school and I was supposed to be there with my principal and I couldn't log on, the amount of stress that causes me would be immense, much less if it was above that. If my meeting was with, uh, you know, Dr. Murphy and I was supposed to log on at a certain time. Well, my stress doesn't start when I try to log on, my stress starts earlier when I'm worried about, am I going to be able to log on? Mm -hmm. And so all those things that kids are dealing with. And then on top of that, we've taken away almost every bit of normalcy they have in their lives. Um, so I, I just think the, the biggest thing we can do is be as, as understanding as we can. And every time you talk to your kids, you should ask them how they're doing, not How's it going with your, you know, I'll make it biology again. Like, how, how's it how's it going with your project? 
that's one thing to ask. But I think more importantly, like, how's it going in your life? How's your day going? You're doing okay. Is there anything I can do for you? Have you been sad? Have you been angry? And if they say yes, then just talk to them about it openly and honestly. I think it's really, really important to to do those things. So yeah, yeah. As you were talking, Coach, I think of the and I'm a math teacher, you know, and I I I I I knew, you know, teaching math that my subject was was important. You know, this is life skills that they were going to have to take forward. Uh, my my subject area was very much assessed and, you know, out in the public eye in terms of data points and things like that that were printed in the newspapers. So, so I understand, you know, that responsibility. But I think of the affirmations that a normal teacher, you know, yearns for during a normal school day. You know, I, I guess as a teacher, you, you, you can walk out of the building some days feeling like you were accomplished or you, you made a difference that day if you know, you can hear your students answering some questions correctly, or you do a little bit of instruction, and then you're watching them as they work, and they're doing some things correctly and, and, and successfully. Uh, you're hearing a little bit of their thinking, um, and you notice, you know, the gears are turning. You know, every teacher talks about those light bulb moments. I think of, you know, Education 101, you know, when they asked you, why are you entering education? You know, nearly everyone says, I just want to see the light bulbs go off in a student's face, you know, and those moments where they finally get something new. I think of all those things and how few and far between right now that they are for most teachers and how difficult that is. Uh, and I don't mean to, I hate for this, this is not going to be a, a downer episode by any means, but but th this is the truth. And it's a reality that a lot of people are facing right now. I've had teachers look at me when I walk into the, the school or walk into the room and, they, and they're like, you know, Derek, I've got some kids engaged, but it's still very defeating. Like, I don't hear their voices. They don't talk. Like, they'll just put some words in the chat. I don't see those light bulbs, you know, because they're not even in front of me. And so I got to think about, you know, man, how, how can teachers still receive some positive affirmations in this weird environment where we don't see kids? I, I think that's very, very challenging. It's uh, certainly contributing to, you know, that's just the challenges of getting up every morning and, and coming to this challenging job right now. Well, uh, one of the things I've done uh, every once in a while with some some other teachers at school is uh, – <laughs> I've actually uh, just to to break up some things when uh, when there's a student here, when I say a student here, I mean, it's uh, let's say there's a, a teacher's son who had to be with her or him that day. If they're on with their elementary school teachers, I honestly try to pop on the meetings just to say hi. Uh, it kind of breaks up the meeting a little bit and hopefully they like it. Uh, maybe they don't. Yeah. I don't know. But they, they seem to. I I just, uh, you know, just to, to try to interject some let's smile a little bit and just say hello. Uh, yeah. You know, one of the other things that I think like, uh, you know, like everybody out there right now, it's like you're oh, but I'm not going to, I'm not, you know, if, if, again, if I was a math teacher and, and I'm a upper level math teacher, I got to worry about like, I, I've got so much material I've got to cover. My, my advice would be like, take a deep breath and, and let me tell you something, you're not going to, uh, yeah. it's okay. I mean, you're just not going to. And so like, I think that, that, and again, nobody knew these things, but I think the, the, the like stress management right now uh, should be at the forefront of what everyone is doing. I think stress management uh, for, for, for teachers, for teachers, for kids, for administrators towards teachers, I think, you know, uh, uh, 
you know, when, and when I said like, well, so what do you do for stress management? I, I, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not in charge of anyone, nor do I pretend like I, I should be, uh, just again, just suggestions that I would make. Um, uh, I would, I would limit assignments. Uh, I would make, uh, I would do everything I could to, to make assignments like, uh, you know, we're going to have a basketball teams meeting this afternoon. And, and when we meet, like, you know, their, their big assignment, and again, this is, you know, I'm the basketball coach, their big assignment. Cause we have, we don't have a team that we haven't, uh, had tryouts. And so it's, uh, you know, when we meet, the big thing we're going to do is everybody's going to tell me about their family. Like, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to, and they're going to have to talk. Like I've told them, like, you know, you're going to have to undo your, you're going to have to, they, they might not want to show you your house. And it's one of those things like teachers are like, okay, well, you know, click your screen. I want to be able to see your face. Like I wouldn't have wanted people to see my house when I was a kid. So it's one of those things like, uh, you know, did, did any, has anyone ever even talked about that? Have we talked about what if Billy doesn't want to undo his screen because he's embarrassed about where he lives? So I don't care if I see your screen, I'd like to see your face, but if I don't see your face, it's okay. But you're going to tell me about your family. Who lives with you? Who do you live with? Uh, some kids, I'm sure, will be, you know, uh, uh, more forthcoming than others. But uh, just to get them to interact and talk, like you said, uh, in terms of the stress part for teachers, I think one of the things that we, you know, uh, like really almost force them to limit assignments. Like, uh, you know, it's uh, I, I joke around. It's like I, we have some dynamic teachers here and, and uh you know, I'll, I'll give a plug like my my one of the twins. I have older twins like he was able to go to the United States Merchant Marine Academy. He went to one of our service academies. Obviously, education is extremely important to me and my family and my kids. And um, there's some dynamic teachers here right now. This isn't Harvard High, man. It's Hedgesville High School. And and we have to keep in mind, like you should manage your stress. And, and when I say that again, I'm not trying to tell people what to do. Just a suggestion. Uh, uh, limit the number of things that you're going to grade, make it where Schoology is going to grade more. Uh, it's like, you know, everybody falls back to that. I said, when this thing started, like before, if on a scale of one to 10 last year, we were at a two, let's say that's how high we got on terms of online learning. Well, where did I think we got to this year before it started? Well, maybe we got up to four and a half. I mean, it was going to be a lot better. And where are we now? How we're, we're slipping right back towards that two. And, and, and the reality of it is it's because, like, everybody didn't sign up for online learning. This isn't a college atmosphere where people are getting their online, you know, master's degree. That's not what this is. It's, it's kids who, again, have had every bit of normalcy taken away from them, mm -hmm. and we expect them to be motivated to, to learn and work like they did before. And it's just you're not going to get it. And so if you if you limit some of the the, the – uh, like, you know, have, have things that Schoology can grade for you. Um, you know, I think that's important. Uh, I think it's also to, to limit the number of things that you have to grade. And, and then I would tell everybody like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to work on some education stuff on Sunday, that's fine. But, but Friday, man, when, when, when three o'clock hits or whatever time you shut it down on Friday, well, you better enjoy your family because, uh, that's by far more important than any of this. Yeah, I appreciate, I'm a huge proponent of like, developing, nurturing, being intentional about giving kids opportunities to reflect on their, uh, you know, in some corners of education, they call them executive functioning skills, but that, that task initiation, time management, perseverance, you know, those skills that I think every 
teacher would raise their hand and say, oh, yes, I want my kids to be better organizers, you know, when they're done. I want them to be better communicators. I want them to be better, uh, have better time management skills at the end of my course or whatever. We, I think all people would say that. But if you're if you're honest with yourself and have some honest reflection, what opportunities do you give kids to actually improve, actually monitor and track their progress across those skills. I'll drop a link to something maybe in the podcast episode if I, if I can figure it out. But I, I love teachers that are using like real live documents and having kids submit artifacts uh, that, that represent either their, their growth or, or their lack of growth across some of those skills, skills like uh, time management and organization and task initiation. And one of the things Coach mentioned was you know, this this idea of grading, and it's it's very controversial right now. We'll we'll dig into it in this podcast at some point. But um, just the idea that we've put immature, insecure kids, you know, in home at home, uh, and like Coach said, some who chose to be there, but but many, the larger percentage that did not choose to to stay there, um, and then we've asked them to carry on with education in that way. And um, I think we're doing a disservice when we're not serious, when we're not intentional about giving kids opportunities to reflect, track, and monitor progress across these skills. It just becomes lip service, I think, eventually. Like, oh, yeah, my kids work on organization. Well, how do they do it? Uh, well, you know, I have a notebook check every nine weeks. Okay, all right. How do they work on time management or, or being punctual? Even the grading of late work, you know, coach and I talk about this all the time. So, you know, kid turned things in two days late. You know, what are you going to do? And that's a controversial subject in education. But again, we're at, we have to be careful not to impose adult standards, standards that, that coach at 53, myself, 36 years old, we've had a history of experiences. We have uh, we have undergraduate degrees. We have graduate degrees. We've went through experiences that led us to this position where now we should have an adult standard of turning something in on time. But an immature, insecure 15-year-old uh, sitting at home uh, in, in a, in a, with, with 100 different variables in play, I think it's wrong for us to impose those adult standards uh, on, on the kids and say, you know, it was two days late. I'm not going to take it. Uh, things like that are in play right now. And it's, it's, I know it's very controversial, but it, they're really things that more and more staffs, I think, need to have conversation about. They need to be talking about it. All right. I, I think one of the things in terms of the, and the, the late work, like I have all these you know, uh, great ideas. I don't know how to implement very many of them. And I don't know if they're great, to be honest. But like uh, in terms of late work, uh, if, if anybody, all the educators that are listening, my guess is everybody's been late to work. Like every, everybody's been late. And so what we try to do in basketball, uh, especially, uh, you know, with our kids in classes too, but especially the basketball kids. Like, so if you're going to be late, like, what would you do? Well, if I was going to be late to work, I would, I would reach out to Mr. Lyons via text or a phone call and say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be late. I had this happen. There's an emergency. There's whatever. Um, do we really, do we educate kids on doing that? Do we give them that opportunity? If, if I was to send, if you were my math teacher and I sent you a note, hey, Mr. Oldfield, uh, kind of chaotic at the house today, not going to be able to get online and be in your class. I'm gonna, it's going to take me a couple of days to go back and make up that work. I hope you understand. Well, yeah. if that was an employee who you appreciated, who worked hard for you on a regular basis, my guess is uh, you understand. Again, if it's a habitual issue, you'd have to have a conversation with them. But no matter what, well, we work with the person. Yeah, but you know, I, it's I've got to meet my deadlines. I've got to do the, you know, as an educator, like I, okay, let's like what, what in the end, what are we trying to accomplish? Like it's like you know, I always say, like, what's your end game? What do you want? Like, you want the kid to learn the math? 
<laughs> you know, or do you want them to, oh, but we have to teach them accountability and we have to teach them responsibility and, and not to, like if anybody's ever been to see me at a basketball game or, or watch our kids play, believe me, I'm all about accountability. <laughs> um, I'm also, I'm also all about real life. And, and, and right now this is, this is so different that if, if, if we don't, and again, should you still have expectations? You should. But, but again, I can't reiterate enough. I think our main concern should be you know, kids, kids' health and well-being. And that doesn't mean just give them everything. It means but work with them. If you have a kid who, who, let's say, the first nine weeks, he tried to be a remote learner, and it just didn't work. And so his grades tanked. He was on there on a regular basis trying to do different things, and he just failed. He failed everything. Uh, what should you do the second nine weeks? Uh, make some sort of deal with him that if he's going to do everything he can to improve and he shows improvement – and do what you can to maybe the second nine weeks grade covers both nine weeks because he was also having to learn to be an online learner. I'm not talking about just giving kids a grade that don't do anything. I, I don't agree with that at all. But but there's so many, like, you know, other, you know, other issues that are involved in this that just makes it it's so different than it's ever been before. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, also in in terms of like the, the grading and everything else. Like one thing I think is really, really interesting is we've, we've kind of, you know, beat it into their heads, no matter what, get on school as you look at your grade, get on school as you look at your grade. Um, and, and as they're doing that in the beginning of nine weeks, uh, each nine weeks, if you only have a couple grades, uh, it, it, it might behoove you to hold off on putting them in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the reason is because, uh, the number of, you know, I'd, I'd like, hopefully parents are looking at grading and stuff, but if, if you've only got one grade in and it's an F man, when you pull up that Schoology thing and it says you have a zero in biology, that's pretty depressing to look at. And so if you had one bell ringer, which I, I don't know why, like, I, you know, not, not, you know, I'm not trying to throw stones, but the reason bell ringers like bell ringers, an anticipatory set, like that's what I was taught forever ago in college and like an anticipatory set is one thing. If it's just a review question, then we kind of do those to give us time to take role and do all the other things we're doing in class. And right now we're, that's a little different. The computer takes role for us based on, you know, who showed up. Um, you know, so I just think that if we're going to make bell ringers, big grades, if a kid misses the first one or two, I don't know if I'd put it in Schoology right away as zeros because it becomes depressing for kids to look at. And uh, one other thing, if, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to tell you this one. I, I just talked about this on my way in. So uh, the kids in Berkeley County have Chromebooks. Uh, and, and Chromebooks are, are, are great because they're better than what we had before, which was nothing. So <laughs> are Chromebooks better than nothing? Well, certainly they're better than nothing. But I want like everybody out there to imagine. I'll make it, I'll make it Noah Brown, my, my stepson. So Noah is, sits at his desk. He has a desk in his room. He has a loft bench. So he has a nice place to, to, to learn. And he has his Chromebook. He gets up every morning. He has his little blanket around him. He's, he's eating his breakfast. And he is prepared to do his work every single day. He does really well in school. Uh, so his environment is set up, and it's good. And as Noah goes to do his work, what happens when he goes to get on his Chromebook and it just starts spinning? He goes to get on, and it just won't work, and it just won't work. Now, in Noah's room, he also has a, a TV, uh, and, and he has some sort of, I'm not a video game guy. He has some sort of gaming system that, that my wife has gotten him. And so if you think about Madden or, or any of those other things, those other games, and, and although I don't play them, I have seen them like they are unbelievably lifelike. 
they the technologies I so Noah in one push of a button can uh, you know he can be at Fenway Park pitching uh, and everything looks real and it's lifelike and and it's interactive and he can do that or sit and look at his Chromebook spin and spin and he can't so he tries to submit an assignment and it doesn't work and he's smashing on the key because it just won't like and that's Noah and, and I don't mean this in, again in a pompous way. Noah has a, a, a pretty good learning environment. Uh, I can tell you, not that Chromebooks existed when I was a kid, but it had taken me about one second to toss that aside and move on to everything else that I have in my life that's a lot more fun and, and easier to do and the technology's better and more lifelike and everything else. And to think that kids aren't going to have those distractions would be crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I want to I, I want to kind of wrap up with, and I got my mind on something, Coach kind of alluded to earlier, but uh, I'll, I'll say Josh Meadows at uh, Muscle Middle said the other day to me, he said, you know, one of the things I think that's working in this environment, Derek, is, you know, myself, uh, I I think I can at least speak for his English department and some others there at Muscleman, and maybe even the whole school at the middle school. He said, we are fiercely, that's what he used to describe. He said, we're fiercely committed to organizing our course in the same exact way. He said, every one of us have the same folder set up and we're fiercely committed to keeping it that way. We change it for not, we never change it, you know? And he said, our team meeting links are in the same exact location. So, you know, what coach said, you know, about technical issues, there's technical issues. I think there's also issues of, just consistency across courses and where things are located. Um, and mm-hmm. students might get this course confused with another course. I mean, just, just the, uh, the act of navigating a learning management system like Schoology is fairly new to students. I mean, we've had Schoology for a little while, but I don't think anyone has utilized it to the degree that they have to utilize it now, uh, kids included. So I think of, I was listening to coach and I thought about what Josh said, just the idea of being fiercely committed to keeping that organization consistent across courses and the same look, the same appearance, everything is located in the same place. I think but that would just, help. Just, uh, just to, you know, jump on that. Uh, yeah. we had a, we had a young man at, at, uh, this was back before when we were, we, we had, uh, some study halls because kids were just struggling so much. So instead of when we were finally allowed to do basketball, instead of doing basketball, we did study halls. And um, uh, it took one of our, uh, one of our coaches, who's also a teacher here in the building. It took him about 15 minutes to find an assignment on a kid's like with all the different links he had to follow to get everything organized. It took him about 15 minutes. Uh, And in this case, it was a special ed kid. He would have never found it. And, and so, uh, you know, taking those things into effect, like, like the, the, the thing you said about schools, like we talked before, like, so I was presented with, uh, approximately I'll, I'll say four, four different ways to post a video. Like <laughs> yeah. I was before. And again, like you, you know, I, we can see each other. They don't know that, but like you're, you're laughing a little bit. Like I, I can't, you know, I was, uh, to say I was a novice in terms of using the computer would be a far, far understatement. It was, you know, uh, I'm just upgraded from a flip phone. So I, I'm, I'm not a technologically savvy person. But with that being said, I was presented with four different ways, and I'm an adult 
who, who's college educated, although I might not always act like it. But so I, I'm, a, I'm an educated adult who was learning how to do stuff. And uh, I was presented with four different ways to, to do a video. Like imagine kids that are like, so if everything's not the same within your school building, that means kids might have seven different teachers expecting them to do things seven different ways on top of all the other negatives we already talked about in, in terms of learning environments and what it's like and everything else. And so, uh, you know, again, it just, it just adds, it just builds and builds and builds. And so, but like you said, like, well, my gosh, Kelly, I don't want this to be a, a you know, I want this to be all negative, all negative. Uh, uh, with all of the negatives that are out there, I can tell you now, like, uh, and, and it kind of does, re and it doesn't matter to me if it's band, if it's drama, uh, if, if it's whatever, if you're one of those people out there and many, many teachers do extracurricular stuff and you certainly don't do it for money. Uh, every way you can stay in touch with and involved with your kids. Um, if you are if anybody out there that's an administrator that listens to any of this stuff, if, if you don't understand the importance of, of athletics and extracurricular activities after this, uh, then, then I think you would be remiss, man. It's, it's just the, the, we, we have, I would like to, you know, again, my, my sons did really well in school and I would like to think that they came to school to learn, but you know, that, that Friday pep rally was pretty important to them too. And so we've taken away the stuff that they truly, truly enjoy and, and when you take that all away, and then it's so hard to learn right now, it's hard to teach, it's hard to learn, you do all those things, it makes it tough. So uh, if, if I, you know, if anybody who's listening, like the, the more you can just talk to your kids about anything, not involving a grade, not involving you're going to pass, you're going to fail, just um, like anything in life, man, no matter what, we've got to continue to give them hope. Uh, whether it's hope for the semester, hope for their semester grade, hope for their nine weeks grade, no matter what, we don't want to take away their hope because if you take away hope from human beings, it doesn't leave you with much. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. I, I, I appreciate what you said. And and I, I realize, you know, a person might listen to this and, man, it's just really negative. But the truth is, I mean, it is it is really hard right now. It is really hard. And it, I think it's just reflect reflection of the the reality that that a lot of people are feeling right now. But with all that said, uh, you know, I, I brought coach on, I, I can say confidently that there are a few people at his school that want that place to be the best place that kids walk into every day, you know, more so than coach. And coach has a deep, deep desire to make his building the best building that kids walk into each and every day. And that was one of the motivations I had for wanting to get him on. I know he's like that. He has a he has an interest in topics outside of, of you know just physical education. He has insights on what what things could work in schools and what things might not work. Uh, I appreciate his approach to coaching basketball. I think by and large, coach coach uh, he he coaches men you know rather than, than than coaches boys basketball. I think he coaches men first, and basketball is uh, is the icing on the cake, if you will. But uh, um, but there are there's some positive things that are going to come out of this. You know, we talk about that a lot. There are some things that's going to stick. Um, you know, I think my friend Amy Lopez over at North Middle, she said the other day and coach was talking about kids sending a message. She said the other day to me, she said, you know, Derek, I'm finding that kids are actually learning how to do written communication so much better 
uh, as a result of this. Like it started way, you know, back in September, kids were sending these these goofy messages, you know, to to teachers, and it was all like text talk and everything. And you know, I know some schools whose teachers said we're going to have a week long lesson on sending an email, like addressing an email correctly to an adult and being very descriptive in your problems, you know, attaching pictures or screenshots of things that, that aren't going right. And she said, <laughs> she laughed, but she said, our kids are becoming a little better communicators as a result of this because everything right now is occurring virtually or through digital or, or typed communication. And, you know, she said, we've seen a lot of improvements on, uh, on the way in which our kids articulate themselves through, through typed or, or written communication. So, so that's a good thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to wrap it up. I, I, I hope everyone finds some value in this. I, I think there is, um, if nothing else, just to know that you're not alone, you know, you're not alone in your struggles and the way you're feeling about your job and the, the, uh, the discouragement that you might feel occasionally, but, um, you know, connect, I think it's a time when we all really do need to be, uh, together a little bit more. Uh, coach and I talk about this a lot, even, even when teachers are coming to the buildings right now, it feels a little bit isolated because you're just in your classroom. No one's walking about, you know, teachers aren't in the hallways and they converse with people between class periods because we're not, we're not doing any of the bell, you know, bell to bell between classrooms and things. So uh, connect with each other. I think uh, make sure that you don't feel alone in this journey. There are people that are right there with you, uh, even if it's from a distance, from six feet away. Coach, yeah. you have any final words? Yeah, like uh, I just I absolutely like the, um, but one of the things is like the, the we, we had about 38 kids on a regular basis coming to uh, coming to the different things we were doing basketball wise on a regular basis, um, you know, before all this, you know, before we had to shut it down again. Uh, and so it got shut down and we had a meeting. Uh, we, we had we had 37 kids show up for the team's meeting. So 37 out of 38. Now, was it we didn't it's not like we were going over game plans. It's not like we were going over basketball stuff. It was just a meeting, not a parent meeting, just met with everybody to talk. Uh, we did one where we had a guest speaker. I think that'd be something interesting for teachers to do if you can get somebody else to join your 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 team's meetings just to make it break up the monotony of them. I think it would be great. Um, you know, and uh, in terms of in the building, like I really have tried to do this. Uh, when I, when I'm, when I'm here at school, I try to, cause whether it's somebody who's remote or, or somebody, and I got this from my friend, uh, uh Kip Shallis, who teaches at Martinsburg high school and coaches there. Uh, he told me that he does it. And so I, I try to make sure I go find a person or two that I haven't seen in a couple days and I make a walk and I just go by their room to say hi. Um, and so if there's people who, you know, are working remotely for health reasons or whatever, I reach out to them and send them a text and say, hi. Um, like I said, none of us got into this for money and we just didn't. And the, the, the camaraderie and the working together and sticking together and making sure that everybody understands we got in this because, uh, somewhere along the way, uh, an educator touched your life, affected you in a positive way. And so you decided you were going to do the same thing and give back. All of us are, are in it for the same reason. So as much as we can, you know, give each other the virtual hug, the pat on the back and, and keep plugging along and, and then do the same thing to our kids, the better off we're all going to be. Cause, um, like again, borrowed this from another friend, but I'd, I'd like to think we're a lot closer to the end of this thing than we are the beginning. So, uh, you know, although it's a long tunnel and, and I don't know how far we got to go to get to the end, I'm going to keep being positive and, and keep thinking that no matter what we are closer to the end than we were the beginning. Yeah. 
I appreciate it, Coach. Thanks for everything. Um, I, I I always try to say this at the end, but I, I do. I appreciate the the chance that other people give me, you know, to have some uh, dynamic, uh, intimate conversations about things that are going on in, in this field that we love. Um, so I appreciate your time, and uh, I appreciate everybody that listened. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Accelerating Instructional Technology.